0: Well, good morning. It's Mother's Day, and we are very thankful for our moms, and we want to pay a tribute to moms this morning. I want to do, do a couple things. One, I want to do a tribute to three Bible moms, and after that, I've, Sharda and I are going to uh, just share a little bit from our hearts on things that have gone on, things we've learned this morning. Sharda has been my wife for 34 years, and counting, the, month, the mother of our six children, and we're no longer counting that. but we have five grandchildren, and that's we're still counting on that. So being on camera is not her favorite thing, but because of her heart as a mom and her heart for moms, she's always willing to be able to share some things with you. So I've, I've had to tell Charlotte at times, very rare, but at times I say, you're not my mom. <laughs> so, so those are things that uh, just our, our uh, desire this morning is just to encourage you as a mom, and we all need that encouragement. Now, I will say this. Charlotte is my hero, and she's also the hero of our five boys and our daughter. She's also the hero, and will become more of a hero to our grandchildren and also to our two uh, daughters-in-law. So moms, you are heroes, and we want to pay tribute to you this morning. Now, I want to I talk about the hero that I, there's three heroes in the Bible I want to pull out, but uh, three Bible moms, but let's start again, okay? That's what they say to do actually. You do it and then this is what they said, right? what's that it's what he said. Good five minutes and then do it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anything anything of what I just shared? I think if you could uh, I mean if uh, What I'm try, what I'm trying to do is not look at my notes, but I might need to just because there's certain things I want to say. Yeah. If you guys can have, I don't know, whatever whatever. Oh. Have, well if i say being on camera is not her favorite thing <laughs> you could just, that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disaster, isn't that right no. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay okay so you're going to have to have that we just oh, pick okay. it up when you're ready say yes yes okay well, good morning, another Sunday that we're together virtually and really we're together by the Holy Spirit and so we're, we appreciate so much you, we appreciate you, you coming to, to be a part of what we're doing here this morning, Mother's Day, a very important day and we want to pay a tribute to moms this morning. So as we do that, I've asked my wife Charlotte to join me this morning and uh, you know, one of her, her favorite thing is not being on camera, is that, is that right?
1: That is correct. Yes.
0: But because of your heart as a mom and your heart for moms, you're always willing to do that. And I appreciate that. So she's not now. Sharda is not my mom. And uh, I've had to say that just rarely in our marriage time. <laughs> you're not my mom. Uh, so and she is uh, she I would say that that Sharda is my hero. And she's also the hero of our five boys and our daughter. And she is becoming and will become, I'm sure, a greater and greater hero to our five grandchildren and counting. Okay? We're no longer counting children. We're counting grandchildren now. And so this morning is a time we've set aside to, uh, to just pay tribute to moms. I'm going to do that in two ways. One, I'm going to uh, talk about three Bible moms. I want to pay tribute to them uh, for us to be encouraged through the Word. We're going to read a lot of the Bible this morning. And secondly then... Charlotte and I are going to do a little bit of dialoguing, just some things that she's learned as a mom, things that she, I think, can impart that would encourage you. And really, that's what we want to do. We want to just encourage uh, moms this morning. We know that that's such an important uh, position, place, person, and job to do. So you're our heroes, you moms. Now, because you always put others before yourself. That's a hero. Secondly... You are a hero because you've given your life in something bigger than yourself. And any mom will tell you that. It's a big job. It's overwhelming at times. But God himself honors moms. And so this morning, to begin, the hero of the Bible is Jesus. We know that. The hero of our story, our own stories, is Jesus. And when we talk about our relationship with God, obviously Jesus is our hero. Now, in the book of Exodus, if I were to ask you who's the hero, many of you knowing the book of Exodus would say, well, Moses, and I would say that's not accurate. <laughs> and that's the first person I want to talk about this morning, the first Bible mom. The hero here is only mentioned by name one time in the book of Exodus and only one more time in the rest of the Bible, and yet her impact in being a mom, you'll, you'll see it all through the Bible. The hero's, her hero's influence is invisible in many, many ways, as we'll look at also the other two Bible moms. And so, as we look at this these heroes, the first one that we're going to talk about is Jochebed. Now, she's a woman, the daughter of Levi, the wife of Amram, the mother of Moses. His older sister, also Miriam, who was seven years older than Moses was, and then Aaron, who was three years older than Moses. So Moses was the baby. <laughs> and then he had an older sister, and uh, as we'll see this morning a little bit as we read the scriptures, and then Aaron. Now fittingly, Jochebed means Yahweh is glory. And as we look at beginning with Jochebed, her she was a woman, a daughter, a wife, and a mother who lived her life to glorify God. And so as we look at this, these, these stories, Mother is the name of God on the lips and in the hearts of little children. Don't you love that? Mother is the name of God on the lips and in the hearts of little children. And that is so true. Now, someone said, your mother is your first friend, your best friend, and your forever friend. And I thought of the the book of Proverbs, how we read this. Strength and honor, and I'm going to personalize this to speak to you moms and, and to you Charlotte. Strength and honor are your clothing. You shall rejoice in time to come. You open your mouth with wisdom, and on your tongue is the law of kindness. You watch over the ways of your household and do not eat the bread of idleness. Your children rise up and call you blessed. Your strength, your courage, your faithfulness, we, tr- we pay tribute to you. We honor you this morning. Now, a husband once said to his, to his wife, I know you are having a lot of trouble with the baby. Dear, but keep in mind, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. To which the wife replied, how about taking over the world for a few hours while I go shopping? Would you say amen to that? (laughs) So the first Bible mom is found in Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to have the scriptures just, we'll read together. In Exodus chapter 2, it says, and a man... Of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, special, she hid him three months, because Pharaoh was killing the Israel the Israelite babies at this point. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. You can imagine the difficulty emotionally here. And his sister, Miriam, stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept, the tears of a child to the heart of a mom, a woman. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Isn't this fascinating, how God provides? Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. That's Jacobet. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. And so she probably had Moses probably maybe even up to as many as six years, two to six years or so in weaning him. And so as we read this story about Jochebed and what she was going through and what she had to go through as a mother, you have to really understand in your heart, you do understand just the incredible uh, experience that was as a mom for Moses. So Moses' daughter said to her, take the child. When she nursed him, she brought him back. And here we have again, as we look at the Hebrews chapter 11, the influence and impact of a mom on her son. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, notice now, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. How did that happen for Moses? He's brought up in the house of Pharaoh. Well, Jochebed had him at least two years and maybe as many as five or six, and she, through his, those early formative years, she built into his mind and into his heart the word of God, the things of God, his, where he came from and his parents' faith. And so that then Took root at those early ages. And I want to say to you, moms, thank you. We pay tribute to the fact that you're building into your children's lives the Word of God, the truth about God. And that will bear fruit those formative years. The second woman that I want to look at, the second mom that we have in the Bible, is this. Her name was Abby or Abijah. And she was the mother of Hezekiah. Another fascinating encouragement to us. In 2 Chronicles, we read this, Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, and he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, as his father David had done, Ahaz, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for the Baals, and that's not all. He burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burned his children in the fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Now this is Ahaz, the king Ahaz. Now we go to 2 Kings chapter 18, and here we read this. It came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, noticed the son of Ahaz, this wicked man, King of Judah began to reign. He was 20 years 5 years old when he became king and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem now notice. His mother's name was Abby, the daughter of Zachariah. She came from a priestly lineage. And so here's Hezekiah, his dad is an ungodly wicked man, but his mom had faith in God. And so Hezekiah kept the things he's walked with the Lord. Why? Because of his mom. And again, to you moms, we, tr- we pay tribute that you have built into your children and you're seeking to do that as best as you can, a faith in God. And that's going to transcend and overcome so many ungodly things in this world as you have given yourself to train up and, ra- and raise your kids with faith in God. Now, the third Bible, mom is a a woman named Eunice. and She's in the New Testament. And it's not only her as a mom, but also her her mom or grandmother to Timothy. We read in Acts chapter 16, then he, that's Paul, came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. Now it's a but. So there seems to be maybe possibly his father was not a believer. We read this. I thank God. Paul writing to Timothy now. Later on in his life, he's, Timothy is his son in the faith. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers also did, as without ceasing, Paul to Timothy, I remember you in my prayers day and night, greatly di- desiring to see you, being mindful, be mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Then he goes on to say this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. Therefore, Paul said to Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul had an intimate relationship with Timothy, but he's, he's bearing witness now to his, the, the, the background that, that Timothy had, not only from his mother, but because of his mother and his, his grandmother. Paul saying, I know these godly women that have shaped your faith, so I want to call to remember that you don't that stir up the things that you heard from your grandmother, you heard from your mom, and now you're hearing from me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The, so in all these three women, there's this invisible influence, this impact that these moms, grandmothers, had on their, on their boys, that I want to encourage you, stay at it. Continue just to seek, to raise, and we'll talk, Short and I will talk a little bit about kind of the things that we've gone through, mainly that she's gone through as a mom, to encourage you. Now, time would fail me to tell of Eve and Sarah and Hagar and Tamar, of Rebecca and Leah and Rachel, of of Samson's mom and Deborah and Joanna, of Naomi and Ruth, of Hannah, Bathsheba, Elizabeth, and then, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Time would fail me to tell of those, but I think that we understand from the scriptures that God places a high, high value on you as a mom, on your heart as a mom. And so we honor you moms because God has put you on his honor rule. And we read in Proverbs chapter 31, here's what we read, sorry, many daughters have done well, many daughters have done well, But you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. Those are worldly things. The world promotes those. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her, here's God putting her on the honor roll. We're to honor our moms. And we do that today. We pay tribute to you. Give her of the fruit of her hands and her own works. Let her own works praise her in the gates. And I would say to that, amen. So as we turn a corner here, I'd like to pray a moment. Father, we thank you again as we can even just peruse the scriptures so quickly, but they just surface the influence, the impact that moms have on their children, on their grandchildren, and maybe even for some listening, on their great-grandchildren. And so, Lord, we are thankful we, we praise them, as you said. We honor them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And so as, we're, as we're, we put this little uh, Sunday thing together, um, Charlotte and I were talking about a few things that have been kind of reminders to us, and they still actually can move our emotions quite, quite readily. And so Charlotte, 15 years ago, she wrote a letter being 15 years into parenting. And I wanted her to read that because it really takes us back to a place where we, we just remember what it was like to be parenting six children. And we also want to, again, extend this to you as a, an encouragement of what we've gone through a little bit, and Charlotte particularly. So she wrote this uh, sort of recording kind of what, we, what she was going through at that time. And so, Charlotte, would you read that for us?
1: Yes. <clears throat> Okay, so I am an extremely sequential person. When I take personality tests, none of my results come out random. Until age 36, as a single adult, and then as a wife and career person for the next four years, my life was very scheduled and controlled. I had my devotions each morning when I woke up, made breakfast and lunch for my husband and myself. I had specific days and times I did my laundry, cleaning, grocery shopping, and bill paying. The year of my 40th birthday, Kevin started a Bible study in South Seattle. We had Trevor, and my well-ordered world began slipping out of my control. During the past 13 years, we had Brandon, moved our family four times, our church three times, adopted three boys, and my parents came to live with us. My devotion time has gone through many changes, during the morning naps, during the afternoon naps, in the middle of the night. Currently, it's when Kevin puts the boys to bed. Whatever the time, God is there to meet with me. I have found that, as Psalm 121, 3-4 says, He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. When we first started homeschooling, we had two boys, ages 3 and 6. I had a curriculum that covered all 11 subjects. We started homeschooling about 8 a.m. and finished about noon. Then in 1998, God added a five-year-old, three-year-old, and a newborn to our family. Ever since, my sequential comfort zone has been in a constant state of disarray. Our school times now consist of Bible reading and memorizing, reading, phonics, grammar, spelling, writing, keyboarding, and math. My philosophy on science and history has become, if they can read, they can learn anything they want to know fairly quickly. Amen. <laughs> For our family, one of the great advantages of homeschooling is we can work our schooling around our lives instead of our lives around our schooling. As a pastor, Kevin has a very different schedule than most people, so we schedule our school around his work. With eight people going to doctor appointments, ortho appointments, music lessons, in addition to all the unexpected things that come up, our days are rarely the same. As the boys have gotten older, the school schedules can be a little more consistent because they can do a lot of it on their own. But the things I do with them are always in, quote, flex mode. Regarding housework, our home is uncluttered and we don't have a lot of stuff just because I can't function any other way. That way, when we do get to housework, it can be done fairly quickly. I am now 55. So in the past 15 years, the Lord has been graciously and patiently teaching me that he is in control, even when I feel surrounded by chaos This has been a slow, painful process for me, but I am learning that His grace is sufficient for me in every circumstance, that He loves me and wants to fellowship with me anytime, day or night, that I come to Him. Starting in April, we will be be building a new house, and we are going through the process of becoming Foster Adopt Licensed again to possibly adopt a little girl. So I guess the Lord must think I'm getting a little too comfortable again. Chuck Smith, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, has a saying that has become my life's motto. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. I'm thankful to the Lord for my husband and family. I am so blessed to be a wife and mom.
0: And I'm blessed to have you as my wife <laughs> and my children's mom. And I was just thinking, I mean, does that bring you back to uh, yeah. those days? Right? For sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just, I can remember also, it's just the blessed is the flexible because... Uh, <laughs> That's hard for you. Yeah. 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 You like to see a bunch of apart. So we, looked, we talked about, and I'd like to read it. There are a couple of things here also that have been meaningful to us over the years. And uh, one of them is this little, maybe you've, uh, in fact, I would, I would almost guess that you have heard these things, um, but I'm going to read them anyway, because they're just, they just help to capture again the heart of a mom and to honor the heart of a mom. And so a little boy came to his mother in the kitchen one evening while she was fixing supper. And he handed her a piece of paper that he had been writing on. After his mom dried her hands on an apron, she read it, and this is what it said. For cutting the grass, $5. For cleaning up my room this week, $1. For going to the store for you, $0.50. Cents. <laughs> Babysitting my brother while you went shopping, $0.25. Cents. Taking out the garbage, a dollar. For getting a good report card, $5. For cleaning up and raking the yard, $2. Total owed. 1475. Well, his mother looked at him standing there, and the boy could see the memories flashing through her mind. She picked up the pen, turned over the paper he'd written on, and this is what she wrote. For nine months, I nurtured you while you were growing inside me. No charge. For all the nights that I've sat up with you, doctored you, and nursed and prayed for you, no charge. For all the trying times and all the tears that you've caused through the years, no charge. For all the nights that were filled with dread, and for the worries I knew were ahead, no charge. For the toys, food, clothes, and even wiping your runny nose, no charge, son. While you add it up, well, When you add it up, the cost of my love is no charge. When the boy finished reading what his mother had written, there were big tears in his eyes. And he looked straight at his mom and said, Mom, I sure do love you. And then he took the pen and with great big letters, he wrote, Paid in full. Isn't that great? And the other one I, I wanted to read, and then we'll, we'll Charlie and I are going to ask her a couple of questions just in an interview, but let me read this other one for you because I think it's really worth uh, a couple minutes here. Help wanted, the position is a mom. <laughs> Job description long term team players needed for challenging permanent work in. And often chaotic environment. This is the job description for a mom. Candidates must possess excellent communication and organizational skills and be willing to work variable hours which will include evenings, weekends, and frequent 24-hour shifts. <laughs> Some overnight travel required including trips to primitive camping sites on rainy weekends, and we had a couple of those, and endless sports term tournaments in faraway cities. Travel expenses though are not reimbursed. (laughs) Extensive courier duties also required. That's the description. Now, the responsibilities. Here it is, for the rest of your life. (laughs) Must be willing to be hated, at least temporarily, until someone needs $5 to go skating. Must be willing to bite the tongue repeatedly. Also must possess the physical stamina of of a pack mule and be able to go from zero to 60 miles in three seconds flat in case your child bolts into the street. Must screen phone calls, maintain calendars, and coordinate production of multiple homework projects. Must have ability to plan and organize social gatherings for clients of all ages and mental outlooks. (laughs) Must handle assembly and product safety testings of half-million cheap plastic toys and battery-operated devices. Must always hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. So that's the responsibilities. The possibility for advancement—this is—it's kind of comical, but very true. The the possibility for advancement and promotion, none. (laughs) Your job is to remain in the same position for years without complaining, constantly restraining, retaining, retraining, and updating your skills so that in your chain, so that those in your charge can ultimately surpass you. Previous experience not required, unfortunately. On-the-job training is offered on a continually exhausting basis. And then it says wages and compensation, you pay them. (laughs) Often frequently raises and bonuses. A balloon payment is due when they turn 18 because of the assumption that college will help them become financially independent. (laughs) When you die, you give them whatever is left. But here's the cool thing. The oddest thing about this reverse salary scheme is that you actually enjoy it and wish you could do more. And so the benefit, while no health or dental insurance, no pension, no tuition reimbursement, no paid holidays and no stock options are offered, this job supplies limitless opportunities for personal growth and free hugs and kisses for life if you play your cards right. Isn't that great? And so, uh, Charlotte as we, we, we've gone over these just briefly, but let me ask you a couple of questions, and again, with our hope to encourage moms this morning. Um, what one scripture has really spoken to you over the years as a mom?
1: Well, it would be the one that I included put in, that. in this. Yeah, it's Psalm 121, three to four. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. Just because... Uh, you know, there's many times, day, night, and whenever, uh, that I have needed help, and I cry out to God, and he's there.
0: And also your devotional time with him yeah. has been through a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have walked alongside many women who have had miscarriages and others who cannot conceive. Mother's Day is particularly difficult for those women, and we even know personally now some close, close friends. There are those who are right now struggling with these things what kind of encouragement can you offer and i know let me let me i know this when we first when we first talked about that this was the first thing that came up for you was to encourage right yeah
1: i really wanted to be able to encourage moms cuz i know it's a difficult day for moms that have had miscarriages or that can't have babies um, so um, i uh always always from the time i can remember Always wanted to be married and have a family. That's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't want to have a career. Wasn't interested really in any of that. And the Lord did not allow that to happen for me. I was almost 36 when I got married. And so it was a long wait for me to even get married. And then with you. it was worth the wait, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And then with you, uh, Kevin wasn't sure if he even wanted to have kids. And I knew that when we got married. Um, So, I kind of had to even just die to that uh, desire in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but he never was convinced enough that he wanted to do anything permanent about it. And so, when I was 39, I said, We need to make a decision about this. (laughs) So, I finally became a mom when I was 40. And then, when I was 41, I had a miscarriage. And then, when I was 42, I had our second son, Brandon. And uh, yeah, so I guess the main thing I just want to say to to women that uh, have trouble getting pregnant or that have had miscarriages is just to keep seeking the Lord because he's going to be the only strength that you have. Just serve the Lord as much as you can with your whole heart and keep looking to him. Um, and I can't guarantee that he's going to give you the desire of your heart because he may not. He may not uh, ever allow you to be a mom, and I don't understand any of that. But he will comfort you in the middle of it as only he can.
0: Yeah. So is there any advice for mothers who are struggling with stay-at-home order?
1: Um, just be patient with yourself. <laughs> be patient with your kids. Uh, and go to Fred Meyer every day. Yeah, right. But if you if you don't even have that opportunity to get out, just uh, don't be too hard on yourself as far as your expectations about uh, keeping your house clean, uh, losing your temper with your kids now and then, uh, because it's going to happen. It's yeah, and I would many interject
0: close just, just we hadn't talked about this, but that you have your mom as an example, and so she was a tremendous example of that.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah,
0: because yeah. she had you had six kids, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a two things, but I think we we would talk about them as one really. What have you? What have you, what have been some of your favorite parts about being a mom, and then the hardest parts about being a mom? Uh,
1: for me, uh, I love being a mom. I mean, I waited a long time to be a mom, and it. Sorry none that. of it has, yeah, <laughs> none of it it's, has disappointed me at all. Obviously, there's hard times, there's easier times, there's difficult times, there's heartaches, but... Uh, and, maybe, really, and sometimes
0: I, very, very hard heartaches, right?
1: Yes, for yeah. sure. But I really have loved, I just love being a mom, so I can't really say that it's, even though in the hard times, I've never thought, oh, my word, I wish I wasn't a mom.
0: Yeah, and I... I would say that that's, you know, as a father, for sure, um, it's like when you have your kids, it's like you've always had your kids, and that that whole thing, yeah. So what is the best piece of mom advice you have heard?
1: Don't compare yourself to other moms. (laughs) Because God created you uniquely and individually who he wants you to be, and he's given you the children that he wants you to have, he created them, and he loves them, and he loves you, and so I just continue to be the best mom you can be, and love them the best way you can, even though you're gonna make mistakes, because we all do, because we're all sinners, Um, but God is gracious, and uh, just keep seeking him.
0: And no no one loves their children like a mom. No one, right? right? No, no one one's going your children lo- like a mom.
1: No one's going to love your kids more than you do. That's right. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so um, in terms of raising our children, do you have things that you would do differently?
1: You know, I don't really even think about that at all. I mean, i How do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not perfect. I understand that. But i it isn't really anything I think about. I mean, it's just like I... Yeah. So I don't, I can't, there, I'm sure somebody else could look at my life and say, well, you should have done this better. But I don't really think about that. I just, you know, tried to love God and love them the best I could and have to trust him with the results.
0: (laughs) And, you know, it's, it, as the older we get, the more we just settle into, you know, what's happened has happened and we can't change that we can't yeah. but we can continue to just seek the lord and ask him to help us just work through the things that are here presently because you really can't change the past right yeah. Yeah. and because i would be one as you know i'd be one that would be assessing it a lot more you know in a way that's oh well i could have could have but I, you know we can't we we can't do that right yeah. yeah
1: i think a really important thing with your kids to do and i'm not sure that i did this perfectly but just is to make certain that When you're wrong, that you you admit it, that you ask them for forgiveness and um, so that they can see that that's an important thing that, you know, none of us are perfect and that we all need forgiveness and we need forgiveness from one another so that you can, you know, show that to them. And when you know that you're wrong, just to say, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. That's huge. Yeah.
0: And as you were starting to say, I'm thinking the same thing. So it's huge. Okay. Uh, what is one thing as a mother you think you did particularly well? Can I answer that for you?
1: <laughs> I guess because it's the same thing for me. I don't really think about along those lines at all. Well, I, I say this to people often.
0: You're steady Eddie. You, just, you stay at it and keep going. And there's, there's things that I know. Obviously, you have very strong um, personality in the sense of You have, uh, you've you've arrived at things that you believe and know and hold in your heart, but you are also uh, very patiently working through the things that that you need to with people that or children that are acting contrary to what they should be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I say say bring (laughs) the
0: hammer down, but you say no. no." Okay. Um, Why is being a grandma even better than being a mom?
1: The best thing about being a grandma is that you don't have to, you don't have to discipline them, <laughs> and you can also just take all the time in the world. Like when I was a mom, then you've got a thousand other things going on. You have right. to make sure dinner's going, and uh, you know everybody else's activities are going on. But I love being a grandma. I can just focus on my grandbabies and and be completely enraptured with them and I do love it
0: and I wish everyone was sitting right here because (laughs) we could say amen all the grandmas say amen (laughs) oh and by the way with that um just to tell who's watching here I actually put in now it's four categories into our quicken five actually and they're each one category for each of our grandchildren so when Charlotte goes out and (laughs) sees the the pretty new dress or the you know the new fire truck (laughs) it's just part of our yeah our budget budget categories have changed yeah (laughs) Um, so some people think every day should be mother's day do you agree
1: i think every day is mother's day
0: (laughs) yeah i remember i did the math okay so every day for ten thousand eight hundred eleven days you have been a mom
1: i have and i love it yes
0: Well, I love you and I appreciate you. And I know together we honor the moms that are Mm -hmm. uh, part of watching right now. And again, our heart to you, you moms, is that you have an incredibly amazing heart, God-given. When you have a child, you're a mom. And that is one of the most important uh, truths that God says to you. He loves you. He has given you that child or those children so that you might know his love for you in a way that you would have never had it had you never been a mom. Even with all the difficulties and all the trials, all the things, what God does with our children is, and fathers too, but for moms, he takes our children and he begins to just show us what he, how much he loves us, how much he loves you, and how much he can change your heart to become even more and more understanding, loving, compassionate, compassionate finding in Him the strength that comes through just going through these relational things that we would, we would never um, have known apart from being for you moms. So we thank the Lord for you. We honor you th- in this service today. So can we, can we pray? Would you pray and then I'll pray? Yes.
1: Father, thanks for your grace. Thanks for your mercy. Thanks for your love for us. And we do thank you for moms and... Uh, just that you give us the ability to be able to, um, along with you, uh, love these kids and uh, show them your love. We pray that, I pray for moms that are struggling this morning, that they would be encouraged by you, that you love them and that you want to be there to give them the strength that they need to be able to continue to parent their kids in the way that you want them to pray that you would overwhelm them with your mercy and your love today that they would know they're loved by you first of all yes Lord. and that because of that that they um that you would give them the grace they need to be able to love their kids in the individual and unique way that you've created each one of their children yes lord so yeah just pray for wisdom and strength for them and i pray for comfort for the moms that um have not been able to have kids, or have had miscarriages, I pray that you'd comfort them as yes, only God. you can surround them with your presence and love today.
0: Yes, Lord. And I'm just thinking of all the myriad of moms. There's step moms. There's mm-hmm. adoption moms. Mm-hmm. There's foster moms. Yeah. There's so many. And Lord, it's, it's as though here are all your children. Mm-hmm. They're all yours, Lord. And you are wanting to minister your love to them through these moms. Mm-hmm. So we're asking, Lord, again, for the strength that that comes from you they be strengthened comforted like charlotte was praying we're asking lord that you'd move even among us calvary chapel mm-hmm. south and we have so many opportunities to minister to children mm-hmm. and lord they are top on the top of the list jesus i think of you saying you don't forbid those two. you let them come to me mm-hmm. and you took them up in your arms you blessed them yeah. so lord that's what we're asking a big gigantic blessing mm-hmm. over the moms today mm-hmm. and each day succeeding mm-hmm. in jesus name we ask Amen.